All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Give us five stars and a good review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure you hit the subscribe button and the follow button on Spotify. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to our main man, Morgan, to introduce this week's special guest. Hey, guys. So this week, we got a buddy of mine from my hometown, Brian Vaughn. Uh, we went to high school together, and... He is the director of multiple music videos and has also been on tour with quite a few artists and been in charge of videotaping their tours. He's worked with artists such as Gabby Barrett. He's worked with Darius Rucker, uh, All American Rejects, Scotty McQuarrie, uh, to name a few, and uh, also Darks Bentley. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and we're just excited to have him on here and talk about some of his... Uh, his stories and some of his uh, experiences. How you doing, Brian? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. So why don't we, you want to jump right into the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you want to go first, Brian, if, if not, if you want one of us to go first, we can do that. Um, I, I guess I can go first. Um, it's been a fairly good week, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of shooting, um, video-wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, well so i work with Brantley gilbert and funny enough we actually i was filming him shooting on the range today and that's why it popped in my head i was like well but yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah it's been a it's been a productive week um a lot of traveling um and then today at noon um found out that i was nominated for another cmt award so that was um, congratulations Appreciate yeah, that's it. awesome buddy Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a been a pretty good week so far. I can't complain. Nice. I hear that. So Morgan, I guess you want to go next. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, definitely, man. So good. Uh, we had a an awesome stay at my mom's house, uh, her new house. That is this past weekend up in South Boston. We went up there for Mother's Day. Her and one of her friends watched uh, both the kids while we went out to eat dinner for our first date night since last February. Uh, Everything was amazing. The food's great. The drinks are great. I can't complain. It was everything I was been waiting for. Crystal had an amazing time, which was the best part of it. Let's see the bad. We stopped off at the old good old cabin to, to check things out. My dad's cabin hadn't been over there in probably four or five months. And while walking through, Crystal and her mold detecting senses was looking around and noticed that the entire ceiling is covered in black mold. Oh, oh yeah, no. So, yeah, not, not, called my dad, not sure how that one's going to go down and how that one's going to get repaired, but we started the process on that. And then the ugly, you know, I'm sure everyone's thinking of the, uh, the gas panic situation, <laughs> especially here in North Carolina. You have morons filling up plastic bins and containers and even trash bags full of gasoline and putting it back into their cars and driving away. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it's, it's been a, it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> All right, Ryan, take it away. All right. I suddenly, in, in, in talking to Brian, I suddenly uh, realized immediately how uh, minor my life is. His, his, his good is like, hanging out with Brantley Gilbert and doing all this cool stuff. And my good is like, Hey, I saw Roy McElroy win a golf tournament. <laughs> so, uh, Roy McElroy is a favorite of mine. I saw him watch, uh, I, I saw him win over the weekend. So that was cool. Um, I, oh, nice. I just, I just hung out with John Daly recently. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that, that's a funny story i have to tell you when we get to it <laughs> definitely that'll probably be the first thing we ask you once we get past the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> yeah, i um i got a chance to hang out with my mom over the weekend and i was able to see my brother and my family that's been very limited during COVID, so that's another good thing um my uh my bad or like kind of my funny i guess is during that said golf tournament uh, Bryson DeChambeau thought he was going to miss the cut. I don't know if anyone heard about this. So he had to, he uh, left on Friday night and he flew back to Dallas and he got told by like his manager or his, or his someone that he had made the cut once he landed. 
And so he literally had to get back on a plane on Saturday morning and fly out at like two o'clock in the morning to land for his 8 a.m. tea time or something like that. So he could tee off in the tournament. I just, I thought that was kind of absurd and kind of ridiculous. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if I have an ugly, uh, necessarily for this weekend, but I guess I'll say all the, all the, all the stuff that happened with the horse racing and from the Kentucky Derby going into the Preakness this weekend. Um, I'm up in Maryland. So the Preakness is kind of a big deal. And, just all the stuff with the horse racing and Medina spirit and Bob Baffert and all that. It's kind of ugly. So that's my good, bad and ugly. A lot of sports in that. All right, Dustin. Yeah. I got three quick ones. I'm going to go good or ugly, good, ugly, ugly. This colonial pipeline mess and everybody filling up trash bags and trash cans. Ridiculous. Uh, good. All the, oil and gas, petrochemical refiner workers, truck drivers, et cetera, is getting fuel back to the South so that everybody will calm down and get their life, get back to their lives. And then the ugly, this one's hitting close to home here at the uh, miserable and reckless team. We have in our midst someone who's committed to systemic cheating. There was deflate gate with the Patriots. There were the fake classes with Carolina. And then now Medina spirit is a cheater as well. Ryan angle. You got to get it together, man. Everything you attach your name to breaks the rules to win their championships. It's tainted. He was also a USC fan from 2005 and 4. I did like Reggie Reggie Bush. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. So (laughs) the Nashville Sounds. Everything you touch is tainted. The Nashville Sounds are my my minor league baseball team this year. So they're guaranteed to have a trash can scandal now. Hey, don't bring that over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. All right. Jumping into mine uh, very quickly. Uh, the first good is on my other podcast, Country and Coke Hands. I just interviewed a um, new young artist out of Texas named Gracie York. Um, she just put out an EP last year, just dropped a new single uh, called Drag Me Down. Um, definitely go over there and check that out. Check out her music. Um, I, I think she's a pretty good artist coming out of the Texas Red Dirt music scene. Um, second good Carolina hurricanes, uh, secured the number one spot in their division, uh, playoff start on Monday against, uh, I believe Nashville, um, uh, in the first round. So I'm excited for playoff hockey to be back and the hurricanes, you know, keep rolling hopefully throughout the playoffs like they did in the regular season. And then, um, my bad, but yet at the same time, simultaneously awesome. I discovered that on YouTube, there was a, uh, 19 in 1990 there was a captain america movie made and this was 1990 not now but they have the entire movie up on youtube that i plan on sitting down and watching through its absurdity um i saw watched like five minutes today and like the shield was like a plastic thing and it was like the special effects were garbage because it was 1990 i definitely plan on watching that at some point it's going to be simultaneously awesome and horrible at the same time but that's my good good bad slash awesome for this week so uh Go ahead, Morgan. <laughs> it's horrible. You've seen it. <laughs> I saw it when it came out. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to let you know uh, what I think when I watch it. But uh, all right, moving into like we said, we have a special guest today, um, Mr. Brian Vaughn. And I think the first question we have is since you just mentioned it, you got our, all of our interest peaked. So you just hung out with a, uh, as the old road people would say, a legend in John Daly. Why don't you tell us how that came about? Man. It's a it's a funny story. So I was actually out on the golf course with um, Brantley Gilbert and his manager and um, another artist. And um, there was a bus in the parking lot and everyone was like, hey, that's, that's John Daly's bus. And so it wasn't the first time that Brantley had met him, but it was definitely the first time for me. And he invited us on his bus to hang out. And it's like so weird. We get on there and it's like he has his trophies and all that stuff in like a glass case that's hung up on the bus. Um, but he's such a nice down to earth guy, man. And the first thing he was like, he was like, are you hungry? And I was like, um, no, I'm not that hungry. And he was like, well, I made breakfast burritos. And he was like, you should try one. And I was like, well, if John Daly offers you a breakfast burrito, you, you know, you eat it. <laughs> and so he pulls out this tray and he literally had like 14 burritos. And I'm not talking about like little small burritos. These were like massive burritos. And I was just like, who in the hell cooks fucking 14 burritos for breakfast? You know what I mean? And the thing that got me is that it wasn't like bacon and egg burritos. It was like beef, 
um, like beans and rice all in this with red sauce. And I was just like, this dude is crazy, crazy. <laughs> and um, but he was a super nice guy, man. Um, which is <laughs> so bizarre in itself. But um, yeah, he's, he's a good guy, man. He's just, he is wide open though, and he has no filter. And he just says whatever comes to his head. So, <laughs> so, so all the John Daly stories, I, I'm assuming, are probably true then. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, they were telling us some, and he was like just standing in, laughing about it, talking about how he would call the White House up and just be like, "Hey, you MFs," and like, and they would tell him that they're like, "Hey, Mr. Daly, um, we just have to remind you that this is recorded line." <laughs> <laughs> Was he was he wearing some crazy pants on the bus? Was he? Wearing- he was wearing just like sweats, man. He was wearing sweats, and actually, it's funny because we once we got done off the, the course, we went and had lunch at the, in the clubhouse, and it was like him and Kid Rock, and um, I think the one of the guys was the guy that like shot Osama bin Laden or wrote a book about it, and so it was like one of those golf courses in Nashville that's like the it golf course. That's a that's a definitely a motley crew for sure to be sitting around yeah. in a country club in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty awesome. But just I got a picture with him, and he was a super nice guy. That is that is pretty intense. That's awesome. What's that now? There? You know, saying that that's pretty intense. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was one of those experiences that I'm fortunate enough to to be a part of, you know, working with these guys. So, so um, it was a fun experience for sure. So you said that you've uh, gotten to work with a lot of people in the Nashville, who are probably some of the, like the coolest ones, like not necessarily that the people know, but like your interactions with them, like they're just like cool people to chill with. Well, I mean, Brantley Gilbert is, is one of the greatest human beings you ever meet, to be honest with you. Um, Everyone that I've worked with has been really down to earth and super cool. Um, Dirk Bentley is one of those people that will literally give you the shirt off his back, man. Like I, when we were on tour, one of like we had a show day got canceled because of a storm and the power went out at the venue, and so they had to reschedule it for the very next day. And one of our guys on the crew, his baby girl's first birthday was the very next day. And so Dirk's in his private plane. You're coming in and out there. Flies him back home. Her brings him back for the show the next day. That's incredible. That illusion. Yeah, you you were coming in and out there in the middle of that part. Hey, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, But yeah, Dirk's is a great guy. like I said, man, all of them, they're, they're just, like, really down to earth, man. Like, I, like Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional is, like, one of my closest friends. Um, and, like, Tyson Ritter is awesome, too. And he's a freaking character himself from All American Rejects. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's wide open all the time. The- you, you went on tour with those guys, right? Yeah, I was on a tour. Um, I started off just being on tour with um, dashboard and then um while we were out on the road um all american rejects were on a tour with us and then tyson was like hey man he's like can we pay you to work for us too <laughs> i was like all right sure let's do it <laughs> oh that's pretty cool but yeah so I, I started off um like six years ago five years ago and i was on tour with lee bryce and then went Went from Lee Bryce to um, Dashboard Confessional for a couple of years, um, All American Rejects. And then I got back into the country world and was with John Party um, on the Luke Bryan and tour. And Sam Hunt was on that tour and Morgan Wallen. And um, then I was on the Dirk Bentley tour, John Party. And I um, can't remember who else was on that tour. But yeah, so then just this past, right before COVID in January, I started with Brantley on his tour. So, but yeah, it's been, been a crazy few years. So I read a, I read a couple of things about kind of what, what you're doing for these guys. There's a couple articles 
but um basically it sounds like you're doing vi- video well definitely music videos but also doing like videos of like i think the quote was something along the lines of like i want to get people out of the house and see what they're missing by being on tour. sorry you broke up on me i think you're frozen yeah so basically what it is is that my job is to try to make people that haven't been to a show want to come to a show if that makes sense. Um, but I also like cover all their, you know, their Instagram stuff, Facebook, you know, I have to get all that content for them. Um, I don't do the stuff that when you go to a concert, you see it on a big screen. That's a whole nother department that does that when you go to the show and you watch what's on the screen. I'm strictly doing content that will be used for like later, like recap videos and that type of thing on the road. How long does it take to kind of like settle into uh to that role like is it just is it just word of mouth is it just networking or hanging out on the bus or like how does that how does that um is it an agency that that you oh no man it's basically you go and you um you try to meet as many people as you can and ask if they like you need someone um that's how i got started off man i basically just was like grinding trying to like i was telling people i'd work with them for free and like actually did work with a lot of people for free and um, it just kind of snowballed, man. People just kind of started seeing my work and like wanted to work with me. And um, so, yeah, man, it just, it, it's weird. I think different people get in it in different ways, but that's how I got in it. It was just basically like grinding it out, trying to introduce myself to everyone I possibly could. Um, and then hoping that my work spoke for itself. So. Sounds like that's definitely the case recently. Well, man, I've been doing video work for a very, very long time. So it's just, it's all I know. I don't really know anything else. Was, was that something that you studied in school? Like, did you learn techniques at like the, like a TV studio or was it just on the road kind of figuring it out as you went along? I mean, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling over guys. So I'm a little less um, distracted here, but, um, no, man, I actually went to school to be a teacher, believe it or not. And this, um, and then I started working with a local ABC affiliate um, out in Virginia. Um, Morgan, you know the WSET or whatnot. Um, I think we had mutual friends that actually worked there too at one point. Um, who, who else was there? Um, shoot, who was it? I can't. I can't remember. No one was there when I was there. I think they were there at different times. Um, but so I won, I ended up winning like two AP awards while I was like doing news and did like freelance work for like, I did some stuff for Good Morning America, World News Tonight, that type of thing. And then I left, I wanted to get out of TV news. It was kind of like, I don't know. Um, I respect that industry a lot, but you, it's very easy to start becoming numb to things. And I didn't want to be that guy. So um, I actually I took a job producing a co-producing a, a television show on a sportsman's channel called gallery of guns television and did that for like six years. And then, man, I was like, you know, this is, I, I didn't really like the whole TV. Like it's so repetitive. You know what I mean? Like if, when it's a show, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And I, I guess it was just like, I got burnt out on it or whatnot. So I just had this great idea that I was going to move to Nashville without a job and just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, what was your first connect in Nashville? What got you kind of like settled in and going? Um, so man, that first year was brutal, man. I was literally like, I made the biggest mistake of my life, you know? And cause <laughs> you know, it's like, you start running through, um, um, like you're running through your savings and stuff. And then eventually it was like, oh man, I have to like borrow money from my mom and dad again, you know? And, um, it was just, you know, it was, it was just one of those things that was just like that first year was just so brutal. And that, but that year is, it was like, I was grinding trying to meet people and stuff. And I started, I met this one guy who's a, who was also a director there and, um, was like, Hey man, this is what I do. This is my work, that type of thing. And I was like, Hey man, I'll work for free. You know, give me a PA job, a production assistant job. And, you know, like, like, I just need my foot in the door and, um, ended up going on that music video set 
And oddly enough, like the weird thing, he was there. It was a two day shoot. Like he saw everything I could do. And then that second day he was like, Hey man, I can't make it. Can you finish the video without me? First time ever. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, this is definitely throwing me in the water here. You know what I mean? Like, but I'll, you know, make it work and kind of like nailed it, man. And then he kind of introduced me to like Lee Bryce and, um, got me on the road with him a little bit. And then, um, I did, I did about half of a tour of Lee Bryce. And then oddly enough, I became friends with Lee, Lee's brother, Lewis, who's also an artist and got close with those guys. And those guys were like throwing my name out there and like telling people that they should work with me or hire me. And, um, and dude, it just kind of snowballed from there. That is just an amazing story. I mean, coming from like where, where you and I come from, not a lot of people get out of that town. And, and the few that do, most of them end up coming back and just staying put in, in South Boston. Dude, it is so funny because I did a music video in South Boston and like it was for, I think I got 300 bucks <laughs> for, the, for doing the music video. And like, like that to me is like now looking back on it, I'm just like, what in the world? Like, why would I ever do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's so it's so crazy. But yeah, and so like the tour stuff opened the door for me for directing. And um, I have a really close friend. Her name's Lindsay L. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's a, yeah, she's a country artist. She's a really good friend of mine, man. And she went to bat for me on a few jobs and like literally really stuck her, you know, or um, neck out for me on like, cause the thing about Nashville is very close knit and it's like, it's, it's a small, and that's why, you know, little big town It's called little big town because Nashville is a little big town. Um, it's, it's a lot of people, but it's still like that community and the music is just so tight and it's literally, it, it gets hard to break in. Um, but she like kind of went to bat for me and let me do, do some projects for her. I did, she did a, um, like a cover album of John Mayer's album. Um, and she remade the album and she basically played every instrument on the album and, you know, sang and all that good stuff. But I shot the videos for that and just like that, like people just started to see like, oh, this guy, you know, he knows what he's doing. He can, he can do it. And, um, yeah, and it just ever since then, man, it's been it's it's crazy. You know, we got I, my friend Taylor and I. We we directed the Gabby Barrett stuff together. Like the, I hope, and that was like the first like big music video I'd done. And like I knew the song was gonna be great. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, I, you know, I definitely want to do this. Um, she was just coming off of American Idol, and she actually didn't win. She came in like third or fourth, I believe. Um, and when we, we shot that music video, I had no idea that it was going to blow up like it did, man. Like right now, it's like sitting over 100 million views. And last year, we were, it was the number one watched country music video on all platforms, which is like bizarre. You know, thinking like even just imagining that it was 100 people, 100 million people that have seen my work was just kind of very awesome, very humbling for me. And then to be get nominated for two CMT awards for that video was just, you know, it was definitely made all the hard work come, you know, pay off. So and you won you won breakthrough video of the year for that one, correct? Yeah, we, we were up for a female video of the year and then breakthrough video of the year. We won breakthrough video of the year and then we lost um um female video of the year to carry underwood and i was like well if you're gonna lose that's a pretty good person to lose to yeah <laughs> true <laughs> enough <laughs> not a bad one to lose to but yeah. that is just so awesome just winning that one though yeah and man so the thing is what we lost last year that's what we got nominated for today so we're up for a uh, female video of the year for the other gabby barrett music video i did <laughs> Congratulations on that, buddy. That is just and that is awesome. We're so happy for you, man. I know everyone back home is just looking all over Facebook. Everyone's ecstatic about it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it too, man. You know, it's just like I, I just always had that whole mindset, man, that uh, you know, a life full of oh wells will always be better than a life full of what ifs. And that's just 
that's just kind of how I tried to chose to live my life, man. And it's just like, it very well could have went down the wrong road very easily. <laughs> so I'm very thankful that it all worked out for me. So you, you use the word humble and I thought that that was kind of interesting. Like, what is it like to accomplish a goal on this level? Like, do, do you feel like lost or surreal? Does it feel, do you feel motivated to like do more? Like keep, keep it going. Like how, how, what, what is that like? when you when you realize a hundred million people have, have have viewed my stuff and it and it could have not worked out like this like how what, what, what is the gamut of emotions there man i think i had a little bit of every emotion and i'm not gonna lie to you man like because like because i set a goal i said I was, when i moved to nashville you know i was like i want to be a full-time director within 10 years and hopefully be nominated for some awards. And then I'd been there for six years and accomplished that. And in a way, man, it's, there's a lot of fear involved in that too, because it's like, Oh, is this going to keep going? Or is this just going to be that thing that just happens? And then I dwindle off. And um, I see it in Nashville with producers who have done like big hits. And then now they're basically doing all the small stuff and using their name alone for their work. And I definitely don't want to be that. And, you know, I want to keep the bar, keep going and going and, and, um, you know, and honestly, like, I, like, I love, like, I love the country music community, but an ultimate goal is to branch out and do other genres as well. Um, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I have to like keep my foot on the gas and just keep reminding myself is like, you can't get comfortable because if you get comfortable, then some someone else is going to slide in and, you know, they're going to work harder than you and they're going to be more hungry than you. And I just don't want that to happen. So, you know, there's a little bit of fear. And I use that as a like a motivational thing for me every day. It's like, you got to keep grinding, got to keep grinding. You're not there yet. You know, like, yeah, you, you know, you've been nominated for some awards, but that's not that's not where you eventually that's not the end game. You know, like I didn't come this far just to come this far, you know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I actually heard um, Jake Owen say something similar this week um, that he was he had a number one hit and they asked him, it's like, what's the hardest one? Is it the first one or and he said, no, it's the next one. He's like the it's it's continuing to sustain that success and keep that going because um, you put a lot of pressure and you put a lot of expectation on yourself going forward. Yeah, man, it's it's super tough. And especially like with the. The Gabby Barry, the good ones music video. Um, I like I wrote the storyline on that. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but you know, it's about you know a guy who's like building this structure for this girl. Um, you don't know what he's building at first, but he's like building in this this barn. Um, throughout the video, you see him and this girl like together and like hugging and all this other stuff. Um, but then later on in the video, we reveal that she's actually in a wheelchair and she can't. She can't do like she this is, you know, she's in a wheelchair. You don't know it. And so at the end of the video, the whole concept was is, um, he was building her like this swing structure thing where he harnesses her up so they can dance at the very end of the video. Um, and it just like really touched on a lot of people's like heartstrings, man. And like that was like a very, you know, deep video and like everyone that sees that now that comes to me is like, Oh, we, you know, we want something like that. And I'm like, well, man, those ideas just don't come out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the the thing is, is like a lot of times the song doesn't match it, you know? That makes sense. Like the lyrics just aren't there. It's just not, it's just not. Yeah. And and that's a lot of times that like a lot of artists, so especially the up and coming artists, the new artists, they, they feel like they have to have a story. And then a lot of times a song doesn't even really need a story. It just needs a powerful performance piece. You know, like you can have a good video and it just be performance based and not have to fight for a story. So how do you make that uh, determination? Is it like a collaboration between you and the artist when you're deciding whether to go for more of a storyline driven, like a narrative or whether it's just like a performance video and like they're at a bar or something and you, it's a heavy shot of like the band playing. Like what is the process for that? Well, so what normally happens is the label or the management company will come to me and they'll send me a song or track and they're like, Hey, this is our budget. You know, this is a song come up with something. And literally that's like how 99% of them work is that they send me 
They send me the track, send me the budget, see if I'm interested. And then they give me about a week to come up with the storyline for it. I'm not the only one that they're doing that with. So it's basically they're sending it out to multiple directors and then they read through, find the one they like the most. And that's who gets the job. It makes so sense. It's, yeah. It's very much like a contractor type thing. You know? Yeah. That was actually the analogy I was about to use. Cause like Dustin and our dad uh, owns a construction company. I was going to say, it's almost like putting in a bid on a job for a contractor. Exactly. And only difference is, is that we're not betting for a cost there. They tell us right off the top, like, this is our budget. What can you do with this? You know? And then sometimes like, I mean, typically if it's coming from a label or a management company, you can typically that budget, you can make something work with it for sure. Has there been any effect over the past year? And your ability to do that with COVID or is it kind of remain the same because it's, it's limited shoots and stuff like that? Well, I mean, honestly, I did a lot more music videos because artists had more time not being on the road and stuff. Um, But, you know, like the whole, the whole crew, you know, like there's been some music video shoots and shoots I've been on where they had like the instant um, COVID tests right on spot. So you'd have to like prick your finger and it's 13 minutes and you find out if you have COVID or not. If you had COVID, you had to leave. Um, but then we all had to wear masks on the sets, like back, you know, all the crew, um, even like the extras, they'd have to wear the mask until it's time to shoot and then they take it off. And um, but yeah, like touring was just like, I mean, there was no shows, you know, like there's nothing. But it did help. I like it. It was a good thing and a bad. It's, it's several good things about it, and there's several bad things about it. But the good thing is that it gave me a lot more opportunity to, to direct and have that open time to be able to be like, hey, I can do that. You know, um, the bad thing is is that you know, for one, it's, it's no shows and put a lot of people out of work. And then you know, even with like getting the nomination for the CMT and all that stuff there was no show. I couldn't be there. So it's like kind of the bittersweet thing. Like one of the big things is like, Oh, I got nominated. I get to go to the award show and like, you know, all that stuff. There was none of that, you know? (laughs) So, so that was, um, you know, that's one of the bad things about it for sure. But, you know, I I think if that's the worst thing that I had to give up during all of this, then it's not that bad, bad of a gig. I mean, like people are losing their graduations and their weddings and everything else. And, you know, I'm just over here like, man, I couldn't go to the award show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's a good perspective to have on that. Yeah, I'm hoping that they'll have um, the full show this year. We'll see. I don't, I don't know what their plans are as far as that goes, but it may be a full, full crowd or maybe like last year where everything was pretty much virtually. I'll be watching either way, but. I'll have a, I'll have a dog in the horse now, or a, what is it? A horse in the race now. It's <laughs> a dog in the horse. That'd be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want angle pulling for you. Cause as we said before, he yeah, apparently him. not. Oh yeah, man. I don't know. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take all I can get, man. For sure. <laughs> so Brian, I got to ask you, what was it like working with uh, Darius Rocker? Dude, he was super cool, man. I've been around Darius uh, quite a few times, but this last shoot we did, it was for um, Good Morning America, and then we did one for, um, I think it was the Today Show. Um, That shoot, man, he was so busy because literally, like, I think it was that night or the night after that, he was hosting the... um, was it the CMAs? I think it was. Uh, if it was recently, I think it was. It was the ACMs in April, CMAs in November. I think. No, so this was like last November. Okay, so, so yeah, it was uh, CMAs, I believe. Then. Yeah, so he was literally like in and out the door. We, like they even let me know it's like, hey, we're gonna have to like run through this shoot as fast as possible, and um, that that's just kind of what we did, man. It was just like we spoke and like I like I said, I've met him a few times already, but he was just like super busy and we just shot it. And then as soon as we got done, as soon as I called rat, he was out the door. Mm. Uh, I noticed recently on your Instagram, I saw the Darius Rucker shoot. Uh, can you explain to me at all, anything about the helicopter shoot that you did with Brantley Gilbert? Where like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys were shooting, shooting pigs or something from a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so that was actually the first time I had ever flown in a 
helicopter and it was like i wasn't i was a little uneasy about it to be honest with you um but yeah so apparently like i didn't know this but in texas like there's a huge problem with like hogs like destroying property like attacking animals attacking attacking dogs and stuff um and they're just like super overpopulated and the actual government the fda actually pays people to kill them like it's like they'll they they I think they, it was like $20 million they give out to, for people to actually hunt them. Um, but yeah, so we have this guy that has a buddy of mine. Well, ours that he, that's what he does. He just flies people around in a helicopter and they just have like ARs and just, you know, have a, just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. If people haven't seen this video. I would highly encourage people to to i mean brian I, I don't know if you feel comfortable giving out your instagram but i would definitely highly encourage sure. people to go check this out because it's it's pretty it's pretty sweet i i could tell that you'd worked with guns in the past because there was a lot of uh highlights of guns in the first 30 seconds <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah my, my instagram is brian keith v it's just at brian keith v um but yeah there's a lot of fun stuff a lot of my shoots and stuff that i put on there i, I I need to try to put more on there, but the, the problem is, is that I have to handle other people's social media. So it gets difficult for me to do my, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. When you, uh, he was talking about like, you know, shooting guns at, at, at pig or at hogs out of a uh, helicopter, I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of people in both Halifax County, Virginia and Halifax County, North Carolina, where Dustin and I are from that, that their response to that would be hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were down in Texas, and there, every one of them's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, talking about like, uh, I imagine having lived in Nashville for a little while, you've uh, you definitely have spent a good amount of time in in the city. Is there anywhere that's like, you know, I guess not the the quote unquote normal places. I know everybody like the touristy places like Tootsie's and everything. What's some some spots that a local would recommend to uh, a visitor like us next time we were in town? Um, I So I typically, I mean, when people come into town to visit, like you have to take them on Broadway just to get, let them have the experience. Um, I, it's too much for me. Um I just, I can't really do it. Like I can only tolerate it so much, but I appreciate the people that go down there and work and, you know, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. It's just, you can get caught up real quick if you're living here, like, oh, like raging like that because it's every night of the week. Um, I typically stay in like the Midtown area, man, when I go out, um, there's a street called Demumbrian. Um, that's a lot of fun. It's like tin roof, um, dog house, um, those places are just like a lot of fun and it's mostly like locals tourists are starting to kind of like migrate their way there. Um, but then you also have red door, uh, winners and losers, which are, it's two different places. There's a winners and there's a losers and they're right next to one another. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like another like cool arcade, arcade type thing called, um, Kung Fu all down in the Midtown area, which is going to be mostly your locals and, that type of thing so i got a chance to hang out in nashville for about 18 months because of a work project so i have a special love for the city although i was a visitor so uh i, I got to hang out and i was doing work in smyrna so as soon as i landed at the airport i'd to my radio to lightning 100 and strap on my seatbelt because i knew i was going to need it going down i-24 but uh <laughs> yeah definitely i i mean is there it, is there I, I i can ask you like dumb nashville questions but like would you prefer a hot chicken or a meat and three or like what's your favorite spot to go to but like i i found it more interesting when you were talking about Lindsay l um when i was in nashville i felt like there really did there was like a people helping people and there really was a family uh attitude that that persisted consistently in nashville whether it was a bartender who was just willing to talk with you and chat and or whether it was just the people who, uh, I, I worked on a construction site and the people that were there were just willing to bend over backwards to go out afterwards and have a beer or whatever is is there a story about someone who went out of the out of their way to help you or is there just any stories like that about nashville that that i mean know, it's so the share? thing about nashville man that's just the way that people are everyone 
here for the most part is like chasing some type of dream. And it's weird because it has that like work mentality of like New York City where everybody's hustling, bustling constantly. And it's on the all the time. But then, but it's a totally different aspect. It's like if you're a new writer, people will work for it with you and like write with you and help you out, you know, like do everything they can. And if they can see if you're like them. If you're, you're you're putting in the work, if you're talented, like like hell yeah, we're gonna help you out. You know what I mean? That's just the way that it is. I had I had people calling me all the time asking if they can come work on sets, and for every time that I possibly can, I, I you know I try to get them on set, and you know and kind of you know get some some experience under the belt. So yeah, roll it on down the line, um, just like folks did for you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you've, I mean, stepping outside of Nashville a little bit, you've traveled all over, it sounds like. Um, do you have favorite places, favorite memories, uh, fun story from the road? Because um, I know you've, I mean, you've probably been multiple countries, most states at this point. Yeah, man, I've I've only have two states that I haven't been to in the United States, and I'm about to knock that one out, Alaska. And then, oddly enough, I haven't been to New Mexico. For some reason, there's not a lot of shows that happen in New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But, you know, you think that Albuquerque would, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's, it's weird because, you know, they're they're right there near Texas and, you know, Arizona, and you'd think that it would be like a big country market there, you know <laughs> And it just doesn't feel that way at all. Um, but that's so it's Alaska and um, New Mexico. I haven't been to. Um, I really like Vancouver. It's a, it's a great city. But then I loved Australia, man. Like Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne. Those places were, were awesome. What was it like going over there? It was, it, I mean, you, you, it was like time travel. <laughs> Because you basically you you when you when you go there you um you skip a day you literally skip a day because it takes so long to get there and then when you come back you relive a day like literally it's like you relive that day over because in you know America it's that you know if it's the thirty first in Australia when you come back it's and it's a whole another day it's going to be the thirty first in America so it's like it's that whole. The travel of it is it really sucks. I mean it's a long, long, long flight, but it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Well, I mean, there's other stuff we can ask you about the road for sure. I mean, is there a favorite small town to stop off in or is there a stadium that you've enjoyed playing in or or gotten a chance to tour around in or anything crazy like well, that? So one thing that was really cool on the Luke Bryan tour, um, it was all stadiums. So I got to do a show in like Fenway and Wrigley field and like um, Dodger stadium, um, Heinz field, Raymond James stadium, like all these, like where, you know, the Minnesota twins um, stadium. I can't remember what it, what it's called. Um, Target like, field. Target field. Yep. Um, we just did all of, all of our shows were in like these massive stadiums with like 70,000, 80,000 people and just being there and seeing how that, you know, that's massive, you know, and it was so wild doing those shows and being able to walk away, walk around like Fenway and Wrigley and stuff and go in a dugout and you know, just to say that you've done it, you know? Uh, yeah, I would, I would absolutely want to have done that. <laughs> <laughs> You said you got to go to the the locker rooms too, right? Yeah. So typically, where their locker rooms turns into our like dressing rooms for the most part, um, and then, like a lot of times we'll do like meeting greets and and the you know the locker rooms and stuff. And yeah, so yeah, you you like basically have full access and use their. I, I was at um I was in Louisville um and. Like they have like this really nice practice basketball gym. We all played basketball in there. It was a lot of fun. So <laughs> very nice. Uh, I mean, there's so there's so many other questions. There's so many other places I can go at this point. Morgan, you got you got anything? What um what what sorts could be taking you to uh, to Alaska, Brian? Is it a, a shoot? Hear me still? Sorry. Yeah. 
We got uh, it. Yeah. So we're doing a show at a military base in, in Alaska. So that should be good. What, uh, what, what part are you going to? Um, Fairbanks, I want to say. Fairfield or Fairbanks or something. Nice. I know you said that being one of the last two states you had been to. I know you're excited to mark that one off. Always, man. It's always fun to go to a new place, man. I always like to try to get out and go for a run or something or like at least explore a little bit because otherwise it just feels like you're in a lake over at an airport, you know? Exactly. Because like we basically roll out every night. So it's not, some nights we'll have like a couple of days off in that, that, that city or whatnot. But for the most part, it's like you wake up, you're there, and then we're rolling out that night. So. Yeah, you definitely want to try and get out and experience some of the local stuff. You know, you don't just want to go hotel Applebee's and then show them <laughs> yeah, out of sure. town. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, typically for like um, after show food and stuff like that, we try to get something that's like um, that's unique for that area. Yeah, definitely, I can appreciate that. What has been some of the, some of the best like uh, local restaurants that you you like sticks out in your mind from all your travel? Um, so I was in um, this, I can't remember the name of it, but I was in Prince Edward Island, which is like in the northeast part of um, Canada. And it's actually in like a different time zone than the eastern time zone. It's so far on the edge. Um, but they had the like a seafood restaurant there, man. And it's just like amazing. And it was super weird, too, because when we were flying out of there, I never saw um, people with live lobsters on the plane. And they were literally like, <laughs> everyone was like walking with their box of lobsters or like a bag of lobsters and while they were getting on a plane because everybody wanted lobsters from there. But they were like live lobsters, like tons of them on a the plane. I was like, this is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't break free. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. There's there just so, been so many places, man, that I've been to. And it's just... Sometimes, I mean, you're like, oh, you forget you're even there. Like, oh, I've been here before. You know, this looks familiar. Because I think, like, last, last year, obviously, COVID hit. But the year before that, man, I think I was, in, a, in like, in the air in a plane, of like, 180 days out of the year. And that's not including, like, being on a bus the rest of the time. Man, that's a hell of a lot of traveling. <laughs> yeah. I get antsy. I get antsy being in the car for four or five hours going to the beach. Yeah, it gets brutal, man. It definitely, but the thing is, we're also riding around in tour buses that are like homes. You know, like yeah. you got everything that you need. You know, you got a driver, you got internet, you got TV. You know, and it's it's typically like eight or nine guys on each bus, so you're just like you know, it's like you're just hanging out, having fun. So having been on the road a little bit in my life and having toured with bands, much, much smaller bands in the past, I got to ask this question. Like you've got to have like a perfect efficient, like know exactly what, for example, like does Alaska throw this out of whack? Like, do you know exactly what you need to pack and exactly how you're going to pack it to go on tour? Like, do you know exactly what you need? Exactly. Like the minimal amount of stuff to get through the tour. Like that one's like super easy, and then also, man. There's Hi, oh, I'm Connor. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no worries. I think I can't tell where I'm at here. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Sorry, man. My radio did something weird. I don't worry. Um, I don't worry. But yeah, it's like you just kind of it comes second nature, man. Like just the whole and there's like certain rules of the bus and you know things you don't do and things that, you know, you can do and also being respectful to your bus mates. And, you know, there's just like things that you, you know, you know that you don't like the biggest role on the bus and it's a big no, no. And you just don't do it as you, you don't go number two on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> you really ask the driver to pull over at a gas station if you really have to go, but you just don't do number two on the bus. Understandable. I can. Yeah, and you don't put stinky leftovers in the fridge like this or anything like that. Yeah, that's understandable too. No kimchi for the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we, you know, we run into those things like, and like one of the things that like you try to, eat, you, you want to try to eat healthy on the road, but like 
one of the main things that smell really bad is like broccoli, like cooked broccoli and you leave it in the fridge. It has this, this like awful smell, man. So that's just certain things. You, you know, you don't brush your teeth with the sink water. You use bottled water because that water is like, I mean, it's just water that they build up, you know, wherever, you know, it's like, you don't want to trust that water. Yeah. Potable, potable water. All right. I mean, are we, are we allowed to ask the question about, has there been the most egregious night on tour? We don't have to talk about names or anything else like that, but there has, has there been some shenanigans? Has there been a, uh, an almost famous tiny dancer moment, something along those lines? <laughs> um, man, I, I'm not going to throw out any names or anything like that for this, but I have been on tours where it's like every night, just like drinking partying constantly um and it's exhausting man i'm too old for that man um but like with brantley man he doesn't he hasn't drank in like 10 years so like everyone tries to kind of tone it down because you know like he's got his life together man and it was like yeah. a bad part of his life so we try to keep it pretty cool um with dashboard man they're all like married and with families and some of the like Chris's wife and kids would come on the road sometimes. So it was like very calm. You know what I mean? It's not, it wasn't, I'm lucky enough to have worked for the most part with a lot of calm artists. So yeah. it's really nothing like, I, it, I think that it's now these days, I mean, I'm sure there's like artists that are like just all out like constantly, but I really haven't seen any man. And I think a lot of that just like died off with like all the rock bands and stuff, man. <laughs> Yeah, not many Motley Crews out there these days. <laughs> no, no. I don't think you can get away with half the stuff they did. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, part of the challenge is everyone has a camera in their pocket. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, any of the rest of y'all have any more questions while we, we still have Brian here with us? I've got a ton, but I've already asked a ton. I. I, I appreciate what you said. I'll lean closer here. I appreciate what you said, Brian, about a life of oh wells is more enjoyable than a life of what ifs. I mean, that's that's honestly a hell of a statement, and I'm not just saying that to puff up your feathers there. I mean, that's a hell of a statement because it, it basically means that you got to go out on a limb. So uh, I appreciate that, and I I appreciate that you've been able to make this thing work. Um, I wish you the best of success going forward. Um, hopefully tours can stay calm and videos can uh, keep coming in and, and you can keep getting the bids or whatever. So the I'll ideas, the ideas keep flowing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's the hard part, man. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I enjoyed our little chat. So yeah, man, for sure. yeah, thanks for taking the time. You know, I know that uh, you probably have a really busy schedule, so we do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on uh, miserable and reckless here. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Brian. I do appreciate it, man. All right. Sounds good. I'm a run. I'm sitting in the gas station parking lot right now. So I'm going to get out of here. Hey, All sounds right. good, man. Take it easy. All right. Take it easy. All right. For this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and this week's special guest, Brian Vaughn. We'll see you next week.